I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and our favorite video games. I'm your host, Joe Prez, one of several lore-focused folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my stupendous co-host with me today, Matt Rossi. How are you doing today, Matt? I am. Every time you do the count-in before we do the show, I have to fight off the urge to start singing the theme song to Three, Two, One, Contact, the PBS show. <laughs> do you remember it? Uh, yes, actually, I do. Three, two. One contact, it's the answer, and I'm doing it anyway. So yeah, just trying so hard not to do that, and I just did it. Well, today we're not going to be talking about the PBS show uh, contact. We are going to be going ahead. I don't and think t- you could. It's it was a kids show about science. How could we? Didn't have any lore. But, I mean, I mean the lore of science is there. It's present. Well, anyway, <laughs> we're going to be answering your questions from our wonderful, wonderful listeners out there. Uh, if you have questions for this or any of our podcasts, be sure to send those in. You can send them into podcasts at blizzardwatch.com, singular on that podcast there. Uh, you can go ahead and just make sure that you have what podcast it's for in the subject line so that we can have an easier time divvying it up email's not your thing and you want to go ahead and hit us up on discord you absolutely can we have two discord channels set aside we have one for our patreon supporters as a way of saying thank you we give them first billing where we try to pull uh questions or show topics or anything like that from there first and foremost uh if you can't support us on patreon again we understand that uh, you can also send us questions or comments, uh, themes, whatever you want in the Q and podcast questions channel, which is open to pretty much everybody. In all cases, we do ask that you just tell us what show it's for. But without further ado, we're going to get started. And we have two questions off the bat that are uh, tangentially, well, they're not tangentially, they are related uh, from two different folks, from our friends Kern, who is a demon hunter, and our friends Roxy. Uh, so... Kern asks, uh, one additional question. Should you choose to accept it? And I did. While leveling through Dragonflight, you encounter the Sundered Flame a few times. For example, in the very northern rune, in uh, the, I can, will never be able to pronounce this correctly, I apologize, the Unharan Plains. They seem to be some kind of evil archaeologists, by the way, reminding me of former incarnations of the Shadowvar in Forgotten Realms 3rd Edition, uh, digging up powerful artifacts. What's their deal? I really never cared much for reading up on Wild Lore Beyond Quest texts, and somehow I seem to have missed where they come from and what their ultimate goals are. Could you clarify? And Padilla also said, I would really appreciate a recap on the Sundered Flame. Who are they? What do they want? Why should we care? Matt, who are the Sundered Flame? Evil bakers who've had their baking powder stolen and their access to yeast cut off for tens of thousands of years. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> if you did the uh, the um, Drakthir starting area, basically you've the 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 uh, Drakthir that go Horde or Alliance. If you're playing, you know that's that's most of them. But there was a group of them that were like, no, 
this is our legacy. We're not letting outsiders get involved. The usual, you know, this is our power. And, you know, they're headed by the guy who's going to be the end boss of the upcoming raid. If Spoilers if you don't know that there's a raid coming in 10.1 and he's going to be in it. Um, but he, there is and he is. Um, basically, they're kind of, it's it's sort of like, they're kind of like the, the you know, bleep you, I got mine approach to magic power. They want everything Neltharian left behind for themselves well, because they see that as their legacy. Yeah, it's a little it's like, a little more complicated than that though oh, too, yeah. right? Because like you might I am I am I am simplifying this as hard as I can because it is you really need to go do the Drakthir starting zone if you really want to understand what's going on with with the uh, Sundered Flame. But when you see them for instance when you go to the Cobalt Assembly and their Sundered Flame guys ravaging that, it's because they're looking for clues to their ancestry. Um Every time you see them in the Azure Span, like the the quest where they are digging into this ancient this ancient tomb, uh, not tomb, the town that's got like the the elemental in it, where you're like trying to figure out what's going on there, that's a part of that. It's all part of their attempt to learn like anything they can find about themselves. Like, how did we get here? What was what was Neltharian doing? Why did he lock us away? That sort of thing. Uh, if you saw the trailer um, for, uh, I think it was the 10.0.7, like first look, like cinematic type trailer thing. If you've seen it, you get to see the, 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 the Sundered Flame, especially their leader. And I can never remember his name. What's his name? Do you remember? Scale Commander Sarkarath. Yeah. Uh, you see him and a couple of his followers observing the incarnates. And you learn that they're like, you know, ooh, keep those, keep watch on them if there's anything down there. Uh, we're, it's for us. It's not for them. We, we're going to get it. That's kind of the way that they approach this whole situation. Uh, incarnates, aspects, whatever. There's stuff down there that probably relates to us. We're Neltharian's legacy. He made us. And then you know we deserved this to get there first. We deserve to have this because it's our legacy. Uh, it's, it's, you know, the reason we were trapped. We want to know everything. So that's kind of who they are. Joe's I know Joe has more to say, so I'm going to let him. Yeah. So, I mean, let's, let's go through the starting area just a little bit, not completely in cap, like covering all of it, but a quick synopsis. When you're waking up as the drag theory, you're waking up for the first time as, uh, from the last time that you were active, which is right before you were essentially locked away. Uh, you're waking up in your, their wearns, which are like these living quarters all throughout the forbidden reach. Right. Uh, you wind up getting through, breaking out, going against the, you know, I hate to say your captors, but you fight against the blue dragon flight uh, and their agents because you don't know what's going on, but you know that they are there keep trying to keep you and they're attacking you. And while you don't necessarily kill them, uh, you're knocking them out and trying to figure out what the heck is going on because you legitimately have no idea. Well, it's not just your Warren that's waking up. It's all of the Warrens, all of these caves and, and living corridors where the Drak fear uh, were imprisoned or locked away uh, are starting to wake up and, and basically come out into the world and try to figure out what happened during this. There is a meeting where all of the leaders of the Drak fear, because I think there's, three or five of them. I can't remember off the top of my hand. There are different scale commanders, each in charge of a different wing and each wing has different uh, specialties that they engage in. Uh, so like this particular one, the Sundered Flame is comprised mostly of the Ebon Scales, which were a particular wear that was made to essentially be the wet works or like alpha strike wing of the Drakthir. Their primary focus was to rain down fire and unleash spellcraft uh, upon anybody who would stand against, well, in the way that it's portrayed, uh, extreme devotion to the Earth Warder. So the Earth Warder itself. They didn't want to take any sort of, I guess the best way to say it is they didn't want to take commands or or be subjected to anybody else's rule besides the Earth Warder, because why would the Earth Warder do this to us? Why would Neltharian do anything? He was our, he was our, you know, our general. He's the one that gave us life, and we were completely devoted to him. We already talked about how that might have looked with the use of maybe a Titan artifact. But after Razagath's attack, this particular section of the Warren's the Ebon Scales underneath Scale Commander Sarkrath decided that they were going to just 
defect from the rest of the Drakthir. They weren't going to help mortals, but they weren't going to bow down to the rest of the uh, aspects. Because, again, they woke up, they saw blue dragons attacking them, or members of the blue dragon flight. They have no idea what's going on. There's no members of the black dragon flight around at this point, or only a couple of them. There's no word of Neltharion, who was supposed to be their supreme commander, and they only want to take orders from him. So they gather up their, their folks, and they go off afterwards and say, well, we're going to go and uncover every secret that Neltharion had uh, because it's their turn to claim their place in the world, whether they gather that power, whether they find that power, whether they steal that power, it doesn't matter. And they've actually gotten a whole bunch of other dragon kin to sort of join under that banner because there's a bunch of ones that we talked about this before that are not exactly happy with how things went down. They're maybe not super happy with uh, the dragon flights and the, the, the actual aspects and, and how everything happened, because if they knew they were there, why didn't they come and get them? Why would they serve them? Is it really in their best interest to, you know, work with them? And you see some of this during the questing too, because during the Loveland experience, there is actually something in the Onoran Plains where you come across a particular ruined location. It was like the Nalthazan ruins. Yeah, uh, it's to the north of where the uh, Drax, Dragon Scale, the Dragon Scale expedition. I can't remember. It's yeah, a little, a little bit north. Of just, yeah, yeah. It's but it's yeah, it's involved in. They find something that Naltharian had, and it's it's seems to be involved in like mind control to some degree because everybody who's there is like obsessed to the point of madness with finding it. Yeah. It's an and item it's, called it's the black locus. Yeah. And it's talking to people. It's actually seems to be talking to people with Neltharian's voice. So uh, that's one example of stuff that the uh, Sundered flame gets up to. Yeah. And the interesting thing is it, it it's not exactly dictated what it is it does resemble a stony dragon scale in a lot of ways with a particular like rune that we've seen in the uh seat of the black dragon flight like if you go to where their oath stone is and you work along the forges you do see that particular rune there um but there's a an interaction with uh skyscribe and i i think it is where like you hand it over and it's like mm, so this was too much for the sundered flame right uh, but it just feels perfect in my hand. Mm, this is this is too good. And then they shake it off and like, yep, yeah, nope, nope, nope. I'm good. You take this away from me. I don't need this. This is not my burden to bear. Almost like it's the One Ring from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like I'm not. I'm not going to succumb to its whisper. Get it. Get it the heck away from me. But that frames a lot of what's going to be happening in the next part of the expansion. And do you want to talk a little bit about what we know? Because there are going to be some mild spoilers here, I, th- I think, we're, for this particular section. So come back in maybe like five, ten minutes. Um, we're going digging for those secrets from Neltharion, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're following the Incarnates. What do we know about that and how that well, might, might entice the Sundered Flame? We don't really know exactly what's going on, but we do know that there are the, the, the Incarnates are looking for Neltharion's Lost Laboratory. Um, one of the things that we've been talking about this whole time is like, what was he up to with the Drak there? Why, what was he doing in the forbidden reach? And 10.0.7 is going to be all about that. We're going to be going to the forbidden reach uh, with the Drak there. Keep in mind that of the original uh, weirs, I'm going to go over them real briefly. Uh, the, the obsidian warders are still around. They're still led by um, scale commander Azurathel. And they're currently in the Alliance. Like they're the ones that go over to the Alliance. The Dark Talons, who are the ones commanded by uh, Cinder Thresh, they join the Horde. Uh, but in each case, they're not hostile to each other. No. Uh, they it's, still it's, consider, you know, we're Drak there, you're Drak there. You go deal with those guys, we'll deal with these guys, and we'll get them everybody on board for what we're trying to do. It's almost like the monks <clears throat> back from Pandaria. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I would just say it's more like, you know, it's less like they've actually joined the Horde Alliance. It's more like they're currently they're emissaries. allied with them for this purpose. Yeah. But they're, you know, but besides those two, the Dark Talons and the Obsidian Warders, the uh Dark the Dark Talons were kind of like kind of similar to the uh the Ebon Scale, but less less the, you know, drop in and murder everybody and more the tactical support types. Um, you know, wherever the enemies of the earth water tread, the dark talent shall harass their skies, crush their will and topple their lead. So they were more like, 
you drop the Evan skills. And if you just want everybody wiped out, you'd use the dark talons. If you want the leader of this group taken out, like they were more of like the secretive assassin types. Um, the obsidian warders, obviously just straight up defense. These are guardian types. Uh, the healing wings who we, we run into members of as you're leveling through uh, that group just went straight to the dragon isles. They didn't go to uh, the rest of Azeroth. They were like, we're going to set up in the actual, we're going to set up in the dragon isles and start to try to like piece things together. Uh, the Evan scales we've already talked about. And then there's the adamant vigil who everybody except their leader, uh, I think scale commander Emberthal was wiped out by the primalists uh, when they woke up. So right now, the only groups that really have the ability to do much are um, the, the Obsidian Wardens, the Dark Talons, and the Ebon Scales. The Healing Wings are kind of like, they're not the kind of people who go out and kill. They're the kind of people who back you up and heal you. So they would probably be supporting. But the Ebon Scales, are, who are now the Sundered Flame, kind of have a weird freedom that the others don't because they don't have to deal with the uh, Horde and Alliance's agendas or lack thereof. And they're not allied to the Dragons, so they don't have to listen to them either. So they can kind of just go around and, and they're no friends to the incarnates. They don't like the incarnate, but they are willing to use the incarnate and not use them in the way of like, you know, we'll join your forces and be part of your, your group, but use them like, okay, while everyone's trying to figure out what the incarnates are doing, we can slip around and, and actually find Neltharian secrets before anyone else does. And the thing is, is that Avarus, uh, I believe it's Avarus, the shadowed uh, crucible. Avarus the Shadow Crucible. Yep, that is the raid, uh, the new raid, which is the... That's the raid, and it's basically Neltharian's... Uh, I don't know if you call it a laboratory, because he's had more than one. I feel It feels more like Here, this is let's, his... let's do this. This is his black lab. Yeah, let's do this. Millennia ago, Neltharian carved deep places in the earth where he conducted world-altering experiments. After his death, these sites were lost to time. Until now... Forces seeking to claim the Earthwater's legacy raid his dominion in search for powerful artifacts. Now the champions of Azeroth must venture into darkness and ensure the Crucible's dangerous power doesn't fall into the wrong hands. Thank you, I, Chris Melton. I just really wanted to read. I just really wanted to read it. Sorry. <laughs> that's fine. No, but that's that's basically the premise of the whole thing, and it's basically like think of this as the place that Neltharian slash Deathwing himself did the same kind of research that we see in Blackwing Lair and, and Blackwing Descent that his son was doing. Like, uh, Nefarian was doing the same kinds of experiments, basically patterned after his father's. Uh, and we know we know what that kind of stuff was. We remember Blackwing Lair. We remember the giant centrifuges of blood and the dragon corpses hanging overhead. So this is probably going to be worse. But we don't know what... Like, we, we don't know... Like there was a period of time where Neltharian was doing this stuff, but he was he wasn't doing it as you know I am servant of the old gods or I am crazy and evil. He was doing it, you know, trying to understand himself and his his flight and everything that was going on. Yeah, so so we don't know like what we're gonna find there. We have a couple but, ideas though, like because we yeah. we we don't know the story, but we have some stuff from the Encounter Journal, which gives us sort of like an idea of maybe what he was doing down there. Um, back during the olden days of WoW, we, when we encountered, uh, basically when we were in Blackwing Lair to begin with, and we were going against Deathwing's son, uh, we had this introduction to what is Shadow Flame. It was at the time, just a very powerful, uh, destructive force that was dealt by the Black Dragonflight. We didn't really give much thought to it. Well, it turns out that it might be deeper and more involved than we've ever possibly considered. And that containing its awesome destructive power is partially why the experimentations began. Uh, like we know that the guardian to the zone is a uh, subject that Deathwing experimented on trying to infuse Shadowflame into its body and use an elementium plates to contain it. And what do we know about elementium plates? We know that he already knew they existed. We knew he knew how to make them by the time his body was already basically being blown apart. He already had a contingency plan because he already effectively had done it once. And we have an idea of how shadow flame was created now too. 
because the creation of the, the, this is from the encounter journal, the creation of shadow flame destroyed countless elementals. Now only the strongest remain Kozgoth and Maltanya, one of shadow, the other fire. These powerful elementals combine their powers to create a force of ultimate destruction. Two things there, right? So he's messing around with elementals, which means he probably messed around with a whole bunch of them. Probably why things that serve the elementals are angry with the dragons to begin with. Going back to the elemental lords and uh, their respective prisons, he had an open, like, I wouldn't say an open source. He had basically uh, a fishing farm's worth of elementals to, like, rip from their prisons and throw into, like, experimentation. But this is the first time I think we're hearing about stuff of void elementals we've seen void walkers and we've always assumed that they were void elementals but this is sort of confirmation that void is an element and that combining the two of them combining the fo- the, the fire and the void created shadow flame and created like just a whole bunch of devastation it's incredible and that's not the only thing you created we know that from the encounter journal that we see the failed experimentation that led to the drakthir and when I say failed, I mean, if you look at Blackwing Descent and look at what the quote unquote failed experiments are, they're still dangerous. They're still incredibly powerful. And we have to deal with some of that as well. And, and the, the thing about a, a failed experiment from the perspective of the Black Dragons who are doing these kind of experiments is in, when they say failed, they mean it doesn't, it didn't do what they wanted it to do. Mm hmm. They had a goal. The, the the experimentation they're doing is always, it's not, if you were an actual scientist, the first thing you'd say is no, you can't go into an experiment assuming that you know what it's going to do. And that if it doesn't do that, that it's a failure. That's not how experimentation should work. But for the black Dragonflight, this isn't about learning anything. This is about control. Neltharion has a huge control fetish. I mean, the whole talisman that he was using to control the Drakthir, the reason he locked them away was at least in part that he couldn't control them anymore. And he couldn't control. destroy them, which yeah. there's but hints of not? that as well. But there's hints of that as well, right? Because yeah. like with the with the failed experimentation of the Drakthir, they, they, they literally says they were too volatile to destroy. Why? What powers them? Is it Shadow Flame? Is it is it Protofell, essentially? We know that there's also some kind of uh there was a when when Neltharion was locking them away, he sent one of his black dragons to basically pull the dragon, the black dragon aspect powers out of them. Like they got to keep everybody else, but he took the black dragon flight powers out of them. And that begs the question, did the other dragon flights know he was putting that essence into these things? Like, did Malagos know that? It, uh, you is know? that what Razagath and Eridicron have been hinting at every time they gloat? And talk about the, you know, the dragon flight. If they only knew what the, you know, what the secrets were held back from them. Is that what the old gods and what Elganoth and, and what a lot of those other whispers are actually talking about? That that will drive a wedge between them? Because maybe they didn't know. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, you would think the wedge was already there. Like, so it's interesting to think that they think this is so bad that it's going to make things but, worse. But this happened in theory before he was corrupted. And that's the part that's missing. See, because like that's the, the the thing that's fascinating about this is we often think of Deathwing as just Deathwing. But Matt pointed this out, and it's something to always keep in mind. At one point in time, he was Neltharian. He was the Earth Warder. He used his power to construct massive, massive works of, of Earth and, and creation alongside of his brethren and his sisters. They know he fell to the old gods. But what about all this stuff that happened before he fell to the old gods? Cause that's the thing that's missing here. Experimenting with shadow flame could have happened before he ever heard the whispers before he ever saw anything with the, the, the quote unquote corruption. Matt pointed this out a few weeks ago too, when we were talking about it, we don't know that he made the deal until that particular moment we saw in the cinematic for all we know, he could have discovered just like we did the corruption effect of the old gods had during the time of tear making the dragon flights. He was exactly, you know, he wasn't exactly a, a dumb entity. He was very, very brilliant in all of these places that the Titans have, where are they located? 
They're in the ground. They're in his domain. He could, as the Earth Warder, and I can imagine that this is no different than any other ones, whether they're swimming through time and space or uh, swimming through the arcing currents of the uh, the the ley lines or going through uh, the Emerald Dream and the the realms they're in, because all of the dragons seem to have like the affinity for whatever their closest. I'll just say element to be you know like frank about it. Who's to say he didn't swim through the earth and discover these places, discover hidden journals, discover things that Tyr left behind when he ran from uh, Northrend, when he ran from Alduar. Uh, you know, we don't know what else was discovered that he that sent him down his experimentation like spiral. He could have known about the old gods and started messing with that before he ever got corrupted. And I think that might be the thing that tips it over the edge when they realize he wasn't their brother for way longer than they thought. That all the times they trusted in him before they knew that he betrayed them, before everything that they already knew and had already come to grips with, it's like ripping that wound open again and realizing how deep it is. Like, this is a, I'm, I'm, I know I'm rambling a little bit and I apologize. I'm excited because of this because Neltharian is a very complicated character, more so than the mustache twirling villain we got towards the end. And seeing exactly how far back his brain started turning in this direction and whether it even had anything to do with the old God's corruption in the first place, or whether it was his experimentation, much like the Titan watchers and Titans were set upon experimenting to figure out what makes an old God tick. What if he was doing something similar, but instead of making it tick was trying to reverse engineer that power. Sorry. There's a lot there. (laughs) Anything else to add to that one? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things to talk about. Like all I did, there's a, there's a whole, the shadow and flame thing reminds me a lot of Warlords of Draenor when we saw uh, Gul'dan attempting to to fuse a shadow. Uh, he was trying to infuse a demon with shadow powers and make a shadow slash fell demon. Mm-hmm. Was you know I don't are these related ideas? There's that whole idea. The name of this group is the Sundered Flame, and it seems an awful lot like that's interesting that they named themselves the Sundered Flame. Like, and now they're we're going into finding that there's these piece together half flame half shadow elemental beings uh do they did they like have they already found out stuff about this do they know more about it than we do uh, they might have because they've been they've been digging longer than we've been here like they they as soon as they broke off they were going for artifacts right but the other thing that comes to mind is you were talking just then the each of the aspects powers kind of interrelate with the others um for instance time all all the things the other aspects do progress through time so in a way, Nosdormu's power touches all the other places that the other aspects get their powers from. Uh, you mentioned that the that the blue dragonflate moved through the ley lines. The ley lines move through the planet, the Earth itself, and as a result, there's a there's a com- there's a connection between those things. Uh, the the land supplies life. It is where things are are grown and where things are are nurtured and educated and raised. They come from the world, the water that we drink, the uh, the air that we breathe. You know, it's it's related to the places we live. If you live in the mountains, the air is thinner. Uh, there's lots of stuff like this to be thought about. Um, so life and earth have a connection as well. And you could say this for any of the other stuff. Um, obviously, one to do magic, one has to be alive for the most part, or you know, at least have been alive at one point. Uh, the green dragon flight with their aspect, their nature thing, but it's also it's it's less about life and more about the network of life the the sustenance of it i'm thinking about like you know how each of them might have or even could use their abilities in weird combinations and we know that deathwing after he became deathwing was obsessed with that because he was trying to make a dragon that could do all five at once yeah we've we've fought many of those creations and one of them is like the big villain of Thrall, uh, Twilight of the Aspects. You know, the the thing that he summons, he actually makes that thing, and then he makes the one that's like pure Twilighty. Though that's the one from the raid. Uh, I can't remember its name, but the one that comes up and is going on and on about, you know, I am the darkness. It sounds like Darkwing Duck, but it's a dragon. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's it's right after. It's right before they try to shoot Deathwing with the dragon oh, soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's like a big part of the experiments that he was going in. What wasn't just stuff like let's combine shadow and fire. It was let's combine everything. 
Like he, he he seemed really interested in trying to make a dragon that was all dragons. Like the the powers that each Titan gave to each of the dragon aspects and through those aspects to their dragon flights, he wanted to be able to use them all. And then some, right? Like, cause it was, mm-hmm. it wasn't just contained therein. It wasn't just limited to that. It, it almost felt like he was trying to create or looking for how to create. I don't want to say his own Titan, but like we've posited I don't know if he was thinking that far, but he was definitely doing stuff. Like when he took his eggs to Draenor mm-hmm. and left them there, he knew what he was doing. Why? Yeah, but why did he do that? He may have known, but we don't know. But we know what happened from it. We get the nether drakes when the uh, the eggs are exposed directly to the twisting nether, something that n- has never happened before. And from the nether drakes, we get the twilight drakes. Because it's by studying the, the nether drakes that he finally figured out how to make twilight drakes, who are basically, they, are, they sound like pretty much the incarnation of Shadowflame. Because they are being, they are dragons of void, mm-hmm. and you think about what these experiments are for, and what he's trying to do. He went, he went beyond just tapping into the powers of all five flights and into the like, like let's make entirely new kinds of dragons, and that leads me to think about what was the deal with Odin and the storm drakes? Why are there these storm drakes that serve Odin, and some don't serve Odin, but are so are obviously related to the ones that do? Why? Did Odin decide to get himself his own dragons? And did did Neltharion know about them? Is is this what first got him like going, wait a minute, he can make his own dragons? If they can just make dragons, maybe I could make dragons. You know, maybe I don't have to just be a black dragon. Maybe I could be all dragon. He even says that whole thing about years ago now, we, we he's like, you know, he would destroy the world and, ha- and he would keep Alexstrasza and Ysera as petty slaves for mating. And we just took that to mean he was because, you know, because he was evil, he wanted to enslave them and, and do horrible things to them. But what if it was actually part of a breeding project? Which we know is something that them. has been done in the past. Yeah. He wanted to keep them and use them as part of his breeding project. And his breeding project is all about new and different kinds of dragons, whether it's combinations of previously known dragons or entirely new dragons. And it keeps coming to mind my, to my mind. He he got the Nether Drakes, and from that, the Twilight Drakes were essentially created. But we we know that the end of you know his end, his attempt to, to to wipe out the other dragon flights was this gigantic Twilight based dragon you know, t- that we managed to beat. And once we beat, he just ran because because you know partially because he was getting shot out with the Dragon Soul. But what like did he, it's hard for me to believe that Deathwing didn't have a contingency plan. When his entire existence has been contingency plan. So maybe we should talk about the thing that we know we're going to be doing in the raid. Go for it. Okay. Uh, in the Aberus raid, there are various encounters. Joe's already mentioned a couple. Uh, he's mentioned the Elementium Dragon, whose name is Kazara, I think, reading this. Uh, the Drakthir experiments, which are considered called failed here. I don't know if, they're, if they are during the actual raid. I haven't seen the Denture Journal yet. Uh, but there's various types of things. One of them is the Zakwali invasion. I don't know what that is. Yeah, but, we yeah. we know that there's some form of like elemental thing because later on there's another encounter which talks about um, Magmarax, I think it is. Yeah, Magmarax is kind of like some kind of elemental chimera thing. Who is happens to be, oh no, Rashok. Rashok was uh, the leader of the Zakwali and mm-hmm. was imprisoned and their blood is being used to power the crucible. Yeah. So he might be something like the uh, the big uh, squirmy old god servant things, uh, the, the Naraki or what have you. We don't know. Uh, Zakali Naraki kind of looks similar, but regardless, one of the fights is with, and I am straight up. This is what it's called: the Echo of Neltharion. Yeah, and we don't. We know that the Echo of Neltharion will be using class calls. Like if you remember Blackwing Lair, when you fought Nefarian, he did the class calls. This thing will be using those. Within, Obviously, there will probably be new ones because with, there's more classes now. And with new uh, a new twist because it has the power of the earth water, so it summons walls of rock uh, to split the arena, so that you have to like have positional awareness. But it's using the power of the earth water. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, we don't even know about this fight. We know that we're fighting an echo of Notharian. We don't know what it's doing there. Like, and I don't mean what it's doing being in there. I mean, what is its goal there? What is the Echo of Neltharion doing? Is it is it as simple as just something Neltharion put in? Because we know 
that the dragon fleets can create essential like copies of their bodies their minds. Yeah. yeah. Like the one we see with uh uh Cindergosa, where Cindergosa has essentially got a, a backup copy of her mind that's all of her memories know, and everything up to the point where the copy was made. Yeah, and he might have done the same thing. He Which, might have said, okay, he, I'm going to copy you and leave you here. You've got to make sure that these experiments don't get interrupted. Which you know, seems like that's the case, right? Because in the Dungeon Journal, it says that it's like waiting for the opportunity to continue the work started at any mm-hmm. cost. So, I mean, we talked yeah. about this before. Like, Natharian did seem like the person that would have a backup plan. Like, And the thing is, is that if this thing is a, is to Natharian what the Sindragosa one is to Sindragosa, then when he made it is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Like, did he make it before the, the fateful encounter atop, you know, the, the forbidden reach where they were fighting uh, Razageth and her followers? Did he make it a lot before that? Did he make it after that? You know, did he make it to hold, like, you know, when he was locking up the Drakthir, was it involved in that? Experimentation of Drakthir fight makes me think that they, this was before the Drakthir themselves were released. It would make sense. The world. And that means that the this would have been if you know if not completely sane, this would have been a, a Neltharian who was not yet beholden to the old gods. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because he still seems to think this is incredibly important experimentation. Why does he think? What is he after? So that I think needed to, needs to really be thought about. We're going into ten point one. We are going to fight this thing, and that means we're going to talk to it or find some writings of it or something. Maybe we beat it and destroy it. Maybe we beat it and convince it that its best uh, goal is to talk to us and explain what it's doing. Because clearly, Scale Commander Sakareth is after it. For all we know, it gets activated because Sakareth is doing something and it thinks we're in league with him. We don't know yet. So there's a lot of possibilities to what this fight ends up being. But it, it's definitely hinting towards, like, we're going we're gonna to possibly finally figure out what the ultimate goal of all this experimentation is what is they what are they trying to do what is he trying to do what was he trying to do back then like what were the drag for like why make them i'm not saying that they're not powerful and, and skilled but like what was he thinking that he thought he needed them like wh- what was there that a dragon didn't think a bunch of dragons could handle you know what i mean like wh- what is the deal wh- why make the drag yeah, and, and there's and been. What are you trying to? What are you trying to compensate for or address? They they're obviously each fulfilling a role. Like we saw before, when when Joe pointed it out, like each of the dragon wares had like a different role. Like the uh, the Evan uh, Evan Scales, yeah, the Evan, Evan Scales, scales. Yep. were like you know, like he called them the wet workers. Another way to look at it is like if you've ever like watched um, like a Call of Duty game. The the Evan scales sound an awful lot like you know the the Sam Fisher group, mm-hmm. you know you drop these people in and just you know kill everything. So there's there is interesting thought that like what he why he was making these guys and and we're gonna find out something about it because that's the whole point of this thing. Yeah, and there's been speculation that they were the insurance plan against the void, which is why he was experimenting with the void all that like to begin with, and why he was working on Shadow Flame. And that that was the whole point was that maybe he maybe he figured out what was coming before the rest of us did and was working on it prior to uh, making his deal. And that because he wasn't able to finish it and why the experimentation is so important to finish for him. We don't know yet, obviously, and we're going to find out that's a, a huge thing about it. But it is something to think about is, again, Neltharian was not Deathwing. The two were not the same. And even if he did some awful things, like so many of the other villains that we've come across in Warcraft, is it that he was doing awful, terrible things in an attempt to try to do something good, right? Like, we, we don't know. And we're going to hopefully find out more as we dig through his is stuff I will be very mad if there are not journals to read. <laughs> I I really truly want there to be like the personal dialogue of of one Earth Warder to figure out what he was thinking because I am fascinated by that. Well, we already know we're gonna we're gonna run into the journals in ten point zero point seven. We're gonna run into the journals of one of the Black Dragons who previously had been one of Neltharian's absolutely most loyal retainers, and that retainer ends up getting imprisoned in the Forbidden Reach by Neltharian mm-hmm. for daring to question him. Uh, 
which has me wondering the the black locust that we've run into in the uh, Onarian plains, it had something going on. Like it used to belong to, to Notharian or Deathwing. We're not sure which one. And it apparently drove people insane just by holding it, just by touching it. It made people nuts because it was just constantly whispering in their heads. Why was it just whispering in the heads? What was the deal with this? Was it like his version of trying to understand something that was happening to himself? Because we know he was hearing whispers. Like there, there's a, the black locust in particular has me thinking that based on other stuff, we've seen this expansion based on what we've seen with the simul- simulacrums based on what we're going to see the echo of Notharian based on what we know about tier that Deathwing slash Notharian was attempting to make a backup copy of his own mind, maybe more than one. Which would make sense. We already know that Tyr did it, essentially. Yeah, I mean, or we don't have it, but yeah, we know Tyr did it. We know that this is something that is maybe not necessarily unheard of. And that- they keep talking about this, switching gears for a second. The Infinite Dragonfly keeps talking about how Nosdormo will become what he was meant to be. Mm-hmm. What if what he's meant to be, they keep calling him the one aspect. What if he's what he's meant to be is Notharian? What do you mean? Like what if they want to put Neltharian's mind? They got the tier mind thing and they kept it away from the aspects, supposedly to keep them from getting their full powers back. But we found out that their, their full powers, we they didn't get them back from the Mother Stone and the 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 incarnates were like were like ready for that and laughing like uh, Raza Raza was like you know you know snicker snicker snort. You know, you didn't get your powers, did you? She she wasn't even remotely surprised, and it felt like this was something that they were working to engineer. Are the incarnates and the infinites working together? They don't seem to be. Like when the infinites are fighting with the bronzes, uh, and they get taken to the primalist future, that he doesn't seem any happier to be there than the rest of us, right? No, he didn't want to be there. So, is it possible that the the idea of what you know the true nature of uh Murazond, why was Murazond at the end time? And when you get to end time, what's happening in end time? It's very similar to the primalist future, right? Everything's destroyed. Uh, Wormrust's temple is a, is like a ruin, and Deathwing's corpse is atop it. Mm-hmm. Why would that be? Unless you know the Deathwing was considered the pretender, and Murazond was the true one aspect the true heir to Neltharian, perhaps even Neltharian himself, or at least a copy of Neltharian's mind inside of his body. Cause I talked about how the, the power of each of the dragon flights is tied up in all the other ones, And that was an obsession of, you know, Neltharians to try and use all of their powers to try and create a, a perfect dragon that could touch all five. What if he decided he wanted to make a perfect aspect? I mean, there's definitely so, a possibility of it. I don't yeah, know though I don't that, think that that's the story. No, I'm not saying that that's the story. What I'm saying, yeah, because I would say because I would I but, would think that Murazon, when when we go and face him, that um, Dormammu or Dorsma, wow, Murazon, when we go and f- when we go and face him, Norsnomo would have seen that it wasn't him. Like, but that's my thing. Him. My point isn't that he's not him. That is my point is what if it's all of them. Mm. And more importantly, what if it's all of them, but none of their minds like Murazond could be an entirely new mind. Like it calls itself Murazond. It doesn't act like, like, like Nosdormu at no point. Does it act like Nosdormu? In fact, it rejects everything Nosdormu lives by. I keep coming back to this comic book. You've, you've, you've read Avengers forever, right? Yep. The bit where Kang is like moping throughout most of the book that eventually he's going to get turned into uh you know, into Immortus and have to, you know, be Immortus and live Immortus's life and do the things Immortus does, which are not appealing to him. Like he finds out that Immortus works for these timekeepers and he's like, I don't want it. Why would I do that? And then you get to the end of it and the timekeepers are so annoyed with, with Immortus that they kill him and they use the power of the very time stone that he stole from Kang to start turning Kang into Immortus forcing him to to go along the evolutionary path ahead of schedule and Kang rejects it. And as a result, the, the essence of everything Immortus is going to be splits the timeline. And, you know, you've get Immortus and Kang both existing and Kang will never have to turn into Immortus because Immortus has already been created out of Kang, even though Kang is still Kang. 
And that every time I think of what's going on with Nosdormu and Murazond and what's going on with them taking that thing, they took the, 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 uh, the discs of Norganon. Why did they take them? How is that going to make the one true aspect? What if they're not going to turn Nosdormu into him, but they're going to create him? What if Nosdormu, at the end of it, he'll still be there, but Murazond will be, have been created, who is exactly like an inverted Nosdormu. Everything Nosdormu holds dear, Murazond hates. If that was what Chromie's ultimate like solution was to the problem that they that Chromie says that they're going to solve at the end of it, which is oh, I think yeah. we, we already talked about this. I think we talked about this um, a while ago from a different angle, which was pulling Murazond in from a different timeline, essentially, so that both existed, so that he would that uh, he would never have to become Murazond. Or that he does become Murazond, but that's how he becomes it. Where Murazond is is there, but so is he. Mm-hmm. Because, and this comes back to the reason I brought all this up. The reason I started talking about Notharian here is because Murazond is like we see how affected Nosdormu is by everything they're learning about Notharian. Because whilst Malagos and and, and uh, Notharian were the closest. This was still his brother, essentially. This is his, you know, for thousands and thousands of years, they trusted him with everything. And it's clearly Nuzdormu, more so than anybody else, who is being, like, hammered by this. We see him constantly, like, you know, he's like, oh, I, I can't, you know. He, this, the constant worry about his own fate and the constant revelations of new terrible things are just having their way with Nuzdormu. They are hammering him. What if the whole point is to figure out like what is going on? Like the whole echo of Notharian thing is, is the catalyst to the, the infinite's plan. Like they, they, they wanted the, the, uh, the dissonant organic cause they needed to study how tier did it. Right. Mm-hmm. But then they need Nothar- They need the echo of Notharian to exist so they can look at what does that look like? They can't get to Cindergosa. She's like in the middle of the, you know, as you're, you know, bastion of power. They can't go in there and get her. So the Echo of Notharian's the best next best bet, right? It's in the middle of Aberus, which is being raided by multiple forces. I, I don't know. I don't think I'm there is something I am missing here. And I don't think it's as simple as what I'm saying. But I definitely think that this this is going to come back on Nosdormu. Nosdormu is the one who is the weak link here. Not because he's like weak, but because look at what he has been grappling with this whole time. This whole awareness he had and why was it so important for for Nos, for Murazan to show Nosdormu the dead body of Deathwing when they came to the you know to the the alternate future of the end times why was it there that no, that Murazan made sure they had to go he made sure they'd see that why why is Deathwing's death so important to Murazan and we even see in the in the confrontation Murazan is trying to talk Nosdormu around He's like, this is, you know, this is folly. You, you're going to end up being here. This is what's going to happen. So I, I, I keep coming back to this. There is something about what Neltharion was doing that is important in the creation of Murzond. We may be looking, this expansion may be finally the answer to why does Nosdormu become Murzond? Yeah, and I think we already we already suspected that, or at least we hoped. I think when we first started talking about Dragonflight... We talked about that before, where we were really hoping that we'd get an answer to that here. And maybe you're right. Maybe there is something to it, or maybe, maybe the creation of Murzon is tied up in all of it, which would m- maybe make a little bit of sense, right? Well, look, plus, you know, we'd be talking about Shadowflame this whole time. What do the infinite dragons look like? Literal shadows, like photo negatives of the bronze dragons. Mm-hmm. And they can be converted. Maybe. Instead of shadow and fire, what do you get if you try to make a shadow time elemental? How can you make a time elemental? We know, it's we know, well, we know that they exist. We know that they exist because we fight them in the, uh, the bronze area. We know that that's a thing. That is literally a thing they contend with. Yeah. And for that matter, the whole sands of time that we get from, uh, the, the, the Isle of No Tims, the timeless Isle, when, when, uh, was it was his name Chronomer? I can never remember what his name was. Uh, I can't remember. Tyros. Tyros. We know who we're talking about. Uh, long-haired, pretty elf boy who turned out to actually be an evil dragon. Uh, he he gets the sands from that place, the, from the Timeless Isle, and uses them to create that artifact 
that can flip around through time. Why? Like the timeless aisle doesn't flip around through time. The timeless aisle goes out of time. It like literally leaves time and then comes back in and then leaves and comes back in. How do you do that? How do you make something timeless? And what happens to it? Like I keep coming back to this idea that that you know if you're if you're making a place timeless, then you are pulling the time out of it, right? That seems to make sense. Yeah. If you're pulling the time out of it. Where does the time go? And we're seeing with like have you flown around the the uh the the uh bronze dragon area yeah. near Valdraken and you suddenly get hit by that weird debuff that slows you all the way down? Yeah, because there's this one area that is completely uh I don't in this particular case, what you're getting at devoid of time because time slowly leeches away from you until it reaches maximum ranks. And then you are frozen in place. And how is, is that, how does that relate to everything that the infinites are trying to do? The infinites are trying to do something like what if the infinite, the infinites ultimately are the result of someone trying to do something about a time paradox. So massive that involved an old God learning the future. Check that. Yeah, that they had to do something to change the future so it wouldn't be what the old god knew was coming and thus the old god's plans for it wouldn't work because it wasn't for the right future. Yeah, there's this whole bit where people, t- I believe it was, I think it was Metzen, uh, one of the BlizzCons said that the infinite dragon flight was corrupt. Or that was what happened when uh, basically they, they were corrupted by an old god, but that can mean a lot of different things here. And, and we've been talking about that in terms of what's happening to Neltharian. Maybe the reason that Neltharian's so important isn't, you know, because he's going to come back or anything, but because he's a perfect example of what they're trying to prevent. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, there's a lot of this stuff that's like, you asked me what I wanted to add and this stuff has been in my head for a while. So there you go. No, I mean, it's, it, you raise a lot of really good points, right? Like, and I don't know where it's going to lead, but I think the template idea is probably the most logical, right? To me, at least, that seems like the most logical, uh, where Neltharian has created a construct in, in ideally, or at least, and what we've seen, the other dragon flights are able to do this, or at least the blue dragon flight is, um, but now you start combining it with- And a- that's how he learned how to do it. Oh my God. I because forgot. they already did it with Cindergosa. And, and Malagos is- it his, was his One of his closest friend. friend. Exactly. Yeah. His and confidant, got, the one who was left to watch over the Drakthir that he had him locked away. And he didn't even he didn't even explain it to him. Nope. He just he did didn't it. have to. Yep. So he said, No, I need you to do this. And Malagos was like, Well, of course, you know, if you need it, man, I'm there. Combine that with the fact that you have the template, which is provided by essentially Tier, but not just Tier, right? Like that's the other thing that we we need to consider in here. Those discs, the discs of Nargan and the actual things that house the the uh, essence of Tyr in this particular case, that's not the first time we've seen something like that happen. We've seen the like the Titans themselves imprint their consciousness onto their servants. That is not the first time that that, that they've, that's probably been documented or chronicled. But no, again, I mean- going back to Deathwing and and. Or Neltharian and his ability to probably find all of the stuff scattered throughout the world in a way that others can't, he, mu- he probably has the knowledge on how that happened, right? Or or maybe it started down that rabbit hole. We know that there are scattered journals and recordings and uh, things all over the place from the Watchers, right? We know that there are records. Go for it. His lair is on High Mountain. Uh-huh. And High Mountain, not only is it fairly close to the dragon isles although they didn't know that because they couldn't find them but it's part of the area that was i don't know what it was shielded from the sundering by its proximity to ultimately the pillars of creation including the hammer of kazgaroth Mm -hmm. if we're talking about imprinting your self in in the way we're talking about you're reminding me of the fact that neltharian's for lack of a better word grandson because because that's what he is. Uh, his mother was Neltharian's daughter. So Rathion ate the heart of Li Shen and gained the information that Li Shen had learned by doing the same thing to Raden. Mm-hmm. But that means that Raden got that information from having 
Amenthul's essence inside himself, which he then later removed. And why don't we don't know why he removed it, uh, other than the, the fact that he thought it might be affecting him in a way that he didn't want. But that means that the Titans themselves might that might be just what Titan stuff is. Titans are minds that just inhabit forms. Mm-hmm. And if that's the way a Titan works, like you can get like a Titan's mind can jump from wherever they originally come from into this cosmos where they are born out of these, these worlds that form around them and they can jump into their own creations and they can be pulled out of their creations and given new forms. We saw that with uh, Agrimar where Agrimar was literally pulled out of, you know, wherever he'd been kept and broken through torture and given a new form to use as one of Sargeras's allies. And Sargeras clearly intended to do this with all of them. It implies that there is in the, these Titan Forge creations and the Titans themselves a blueprint for how to become basically an immortal being whose mind does what Illidan's does. And what are all of the living races on Azeroth constructed basically of? Titans. Titan Forged. But they're made out of Azeroth's materials. That's that's even in the Discs of Norganon. Why is Anima, why is anima so things, important? Yeah. All living things on Azeroth are made from the elements of Azeroth. Which are also in part and parcel. They're they're Azeroth. Yeah. yeah. Combine that with the the fact that they are empowered with anima. We now know how important anima is to the flow of the universe or the multiverse, essentially. In this particular case, like incredibly power powerful beings, where existence is perpetual. Why is existence perpetual? We know it is. It's just what form it is. Because when you go to the Shadowlands, your form changes. But we know in death you can remain who you are. We know that your life continues. They even make it a big point in several of the questing that, like, that's your purpose. Your purpose is not to end. Your existence doesn't end. Death isn't scary because all you're doing is transitioning to another level of existence. And short of the Kyrian who give up part of that essence, they all remember who they are or who they were and what their purpose was. And it's all part of what we see in Zareth Mortis. Mm -hmm. And we know Zareth Ortis exists because it's mentioned. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot going I, on here. I, I'm going to go back to the thing. I think I really think that all of this boils down to Neltharian getting his hands on information that probably was a bad idea he had. And here's the kicker about all of this, right? If it turns out that this is Neltharian acting on information that probably uh, you know shouldn't have been shared or shouldn't have been common knowledge, the worst part about this is that it makes Odin right. The absolute worst possible thing that could ever happen <laughs> is that Odin was somehow correct. <laughs> I mean, you know, just because you're right doesn't mean you're not a dick. It's true. <laughs> what What is it? Sometimes a bad person can have good ideas. Yeah, you don't have to like the person <laughs> to say, oh, yeah, you got a point there, man. But I would not be surprised if, like, this boils down to the, the TLDR of, Man, Odin actually was right about that. We never should have had that information shared. Well, moving on. But I think, unless there's anything else you want to add, I think we're going to call it there because we're a little over on time. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I, I also think it's all just as just as likely Odin's fault that all this happened. Oh, 100%. Because he was the one who was jamming his, his nose right into other dimensions of existence. Hey, death places, I need powers to bring souls back from death. Oh, okay. Sure. And if yeah, he had not, right. if he hadn't have done that and had that knowledge and had that knowledge brought yeah. back into this plane of existence, would have anybody ever known it? It's Schrodinger's immortality. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, I do want to thank everybody for listening. I, I know I asked for more questions. I really did think we were going to get through more than two did or, or ostensibly did, one. Did we get through two. I don't we got think through, we got through two. We got through what is essentially one. Uh, two people asking the same question. Um, so I apologize, but thank you for sending those in and please continue to do so, uh, because Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means that this podcast signing community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the Q and an ads free site experience. Again, send those questions or show ideas into podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Specify what show it's for. If you want to send it in on the discords, you can go ahead and hit us up on our Patreon Q and podcast questions channel. If you're a Patreon supporter, it's a way of saying thank you. Uh, if you want to go ahead and send them in anyway and you're not a Patreon supporter, we also, thank you. Uh, but you can go ahead and send those into the Q and Podcast Questions channel. 
again, specify the show it's for. And if you can't support us monetarily, I ask this every week and I'm going to continue to ask for it. Make sure you share our content with your friends. Spreading the word is a great way of helping us grow the community. And also, you know, I just like the idea that more people are listening to our crazy ideas and hour long episodes of tinfoil hat theories that started with us explaining what this random group is that was introduced at the beginning of this expansion and then uh, is going to be the villain of the next portion of the expansion. Because, you know, that's what we do. But I think, folks, with that, we're going to call it a day. We'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.